Welcome to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you could be here. My name is Sarah and my desire is to help you learn to sit still in a noisy world because it is in those still moments that we have the chance to know God. Silence is something we tend to run from because it is a place of confrontation where we can hear our thoughts and see ourselves for who we truly are. This is why we try to drown out the silence with noise, any kind of noise from music to crowds to a packed schedule. We avoid the silence, but that is exactly where God wants to meet us. This is the reason behind this podcast, as well as my website, sitstillmydaughter.com. I want to encourage you to step away from the noise and the distractions and enter into his presence, the one who formed you with purpose. I promise that the more you get to know him, really know him, the more you will return his love and walk in confidence of who he made you to be, his image bearer to the world. So I invite you to join me on this journey of learning to sit still. If you have a question or a prayer request, you can submit them via my website. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. There are also free Bible reading plans available to download. And be sure to check out my social media accounts where I share short devotionals to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And don't forget about the Sit Still My Daughter conference coming up this April. You can watch the new video I released and all of the links that I just mentioned are located in the show notes. So be sure to look after the episode. And if you haven't already, would you tap that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? You can also leave a review, which helps others find this podcast. Now, are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last week? Who saw a vision in which an horror of great darkness fell upon him? The answer is Abram and found in Genesis chapter 15 verses 11 and 12. Our question for next week is, Who predicted that lots would be cast for Jesus' vesture? Who predicted that lots would be cast for Jesus' vesture? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. Today, I wanted to highlight a phrase that comes from what a friend of mine used to call pink passages of scripture, meaning a section of verses that applied directly to women such as Proverbs 31, 1 Peter 3, and Titus 2. And it is in verse 3 of Titus 2 that I want to discuss. In fact, just one phrase. But let's read the whole verse. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Behavior as becometh holiness. When I read that phrase, I wanted to know what it meant. So I began to break it down. The word behavior means demeanor, deportment, bearing a condition or position, and the words becometh holiness means befitting men, places, actions, or things sacred to God, reverent. What is interesting about this entire phrase is that they are only used here, meaning we really should pay attention to what God wants us to understand and apply in our life from them. What does the behavior of those who are reverent look like? Other translations have interpreted it as reverent and devout in our deportment as becomes those engaged in sacred service. Commentator William Barclays said this, charge the older women to be in demeanor such as befits those who are engaged in sacred things. 
In her book Adorned, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth devotes an entire chapter to this idea, and it is definitely worth the read. But for the sake of time, I will weave a few of her thoughts here today. When trying to understand something, it is always good to define the individual words and what it means for us today. So, what does behavior mean? Well, as we said, it means our demeanor or deportment. Sometimes the best way to discover how we rank in that department is to ask our family and friends. How would they describe us? What is our reputation at home, work, or in our community? Would they say that we exhibit the traits of a godly person? Whether we realize it or not, we are watched, we are seen, observed, evaluated. This is why our behavior choices matter, why we can't let our guard down for a moment. There is no such thing as a off-duty or on-vacation Christian. We are always on duty. Paul is telling Titus that these women should have the behavior that becomes someone who is reverent. But toward who? Toward God. And this is not something that happens overnight. It is a culmination of a lifetime of choices that are guided by the Holy Spirit, of a woman who has surrendered her path to the one in whose image she was fashioned. I like what Nancy said, and I quote, To be reverent means living with the constant, conscious awareness that we are in the presence of an awesome, holy God. God's presence isn't a place of dullness and drabness with no dessert on the table, unquote. When the word reverent is mentioned, I think many of us conjure up a person who is stiff, kind of a no-nonsense person who lacks the ability to laugh. But that's not really true at all. God made us with a wide variety of emotions, including joy and laughter, but it must be under his control. And we can only be under his control when we live with the awareness that we are always in his presence. He sees every action, hears every word, and knows every thought. What would happen if we lived like that? What things would cease to become a part of our day? What habits would we break if we lived with the awareness of this truth? Because it is true. Even if we don't want to acknowledge it, every day is an opportunity to live this out as we go about our mundane tasks. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 reminds us, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Our everyday life falls under the whatsoever category and especially includes our behavior. I loved that Nancy talked about this, that every student doing their assignments, every mother making dinner, and every employee on the job is to do it all as if we were in the presence of God doing it unto him. I truly believe that it would change our lives completely. And isn't that what the gospel is supposed to do to us? Should it not transform our life and impact our behavior so that the world can see the change and our lives can be a testament to them of the power of the gospel? Now, my hand is raised with the embarrassment of not letting it change me as much as it should. But that doesn't mean I can't change. No matter what season of life we are in, we can start altering our behavior now so that it reflects more and more that which becomes holiness, a woman of reverence. Nancy highlighted several areas that our reverence should be seen. Our appearance, our attitude, our lifestyle, and I would add our speech. How we dress, how we react, how we live, and how we talk all should reflect reverence. 
Again, Nancy said that we cannot pick and choose when and where we want to be reverent. It needs to be in all that we do. The way we live on earth matters because it will have an impact on eternity. Think about some of your favorite characters in scripture. They had no idea that we would be reading their story thousands of years later. Some of them may have changed their actions if they knew that, but truly, what makes their story? It was their response to their situation. If someone would read your story, my story, would they clearly see us as followers of Jesus? In preparing for this episode, I had to take a look at my own life. Anyone, truly anyone, can speak about Jesus. But it is another matter entirely to live Jesus in front of others. It takes a surrendering of our will and nailing our flesh to the cross on a daily basis so that we can be more like him. When people read my life story, I want them to see Jesus and know him through my actions, my appearance, my lifestyle, and my words. I was made to know God not just for myself, but so that I can live him before others so that they may know him too. This is why our time in the quiet place matters. It is our chance to sit still in his presence and let him chip away all the things that are holding us back. I will never be an effective witness for him and a testament to his power if I live my life my own way. I cannot become an older woman whose behavior is reverent if I ignore my quiet time with him today. My friends, this is why I repeatedly emphasize the quiet place. We must know him if we want to be like him. And if we want to know him, we must spend time reading the words he has so graciously preserved for us in the Bible. We are privileged to hold God's word in our hands and in our language with the ability to read it for ourselves. We don't have to rely on anyone else interpreting it for us. We even have all the tools needed to break down each verse for ourselves. Please take advantage of that. We will have no excuse not to when we stand before God. Do you want to become a woman of reverence? Take time to be in the quiet place because that's where it all begins. Now I want to close with a story Nancy shared. A story that she said was a picture of reverence. A 19th century English clergyman, reflecting on what he had witnessed in his childhood home, remembered this. My mother's habit was every day, immediately after breakfast, to withdraw for an hour to her own room and to spend that hour in reading the Bible, in meditation and prayer. From that hour, as from a pure fountain, She drew the strength and sweetness which enabled her to fulfill all her duties and to remain unruffled by the worries and pettinesses which are so often the trial of narrow neighborhoods. As I think of her life and all it had to bear, I see the absolute triumph of Christian grace in the lovely idea of a Christian lady. I never saw her temper disturbed. I never heard her speak one word of anger or of idle gossip. I never observed in her any sign of a single sentiment unbecoming 
to a soul which had drunk of the river of the water of life and which had fed upon manna in the barren wilderness. That, my friends, is the power that can come from the quiet place. That is what our God wants to do in our lives. And this is the kind of story we should desire to leave behind. May we be women who drink deeply from the water of life and feast lavishly on the manna found in God's word. Women whose behavior is reverent in every way. Thank you.